Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. I got a question for you. Do you know who baptized Paul? As much as we celebrate baptism, think about one of the greatest missionaries who ever lived, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How did it start for him? Who baptized him? Somebody maybe you already know, maybe you don't know him. Summer of Impact is about meeting people who had major impact. And we're going to meet one of those today. His name is Ananias. Okay, say it with me. Ananias. Now, if you've got a Bible or if you're able to get to a copy of God's Word electronically or you've got a physical copy in your hand, go to Acts chapter 9. And then you might want to try to put something in Acts 22 or be ready to go to Acts 22. The story of Ananias is told in two places. Now, Ananias in the, in the New Testament, he was, <laughs> he was mentioned several times. One, Acts 5, it was a different Ananias. He and his wife lied about money that they had sold some property and received, and they didn't give the appropriate amount to the church, and they dropped dead in the service. Okay? So that's Acts 5. That is not to be your conclusion when you see somebody go down in one of our services. It's not because they didn't give. Danny has power, but he doesn't have that much power, okay? I just want you to know that. The second Ananias is a high priest, and then there's a lot of others, I'm sure, because it's a popular name. But this one, this one's different. This one's name, the name Ananias, means God's gracious answer. God's gracious answer. So here's the question. Who was he an answer for? If he was God's answer, who was he an answer for? You got it. Paul or Saul. He is God's answer. He's the one that God said, okay, I got somebody I want you to meet. And I want you to go, and I want you to bless them, and I want you to baptize them, and I want you to set them on their mission. And so today, we have a lot to be thankful for in the man Ananias. Now, here is even a more personal question. Are you willing to be an Ananias for somebody? Are you willing to be God's answer, God's gracious answer for somebody? I pray that this group will show up in places, and they didn't know, but somebody will say, you know, I've been praying that somebody would come help me. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, somebody's been working on the other end of this. And that's exactly what happens. Will you be an Ananias for someone? How about, let me ask it this way. Will, be, will we be a church that is an Ananias for Central Florida? Will we be the answer, God's answer for Central Florida? Florida. And let me give you a, a practical example. This weekend was the five-year anniversary for one of the most tragic things that has ever happened in our city, the shooting at Pulse. And I'm telling you, I, I felt yesterday some of the same feelings, the grief 
the sense of a community that needs hope and a community that needs somebody to love them. And as I think about it, I look back and I was so proud of the way this church opened our arms and we said, hey, we'll be the answer for you to help you through this season. And we opened our arms. Not everybody was thrilled about that. Not everybody on social media thought we were the coolest church because we opened our arms to those who might have a lifestyle that they believe to be very, very sinful. And so we were criticized and we were blambasted. Here's what I'd like to say. wonder if Ananias had read social media when he was doing this. He'd have never done it. If you're waiting for the polls to tell you what to do, you'll never be an Ananias. Never. Doesn't everybody deserve the love of Jesus Christ through his people? Doesn't everybody deserve that? I mean, it doesn't matter who they are, what happened, or where they came from, or where they slept last night, or who they slept with. It does not matter. We owe them the love of Jesus Christ. And that's who we are. We are an Ananias kind of church. And so we're going to be here because you know what? We never know who's walking in the door. We never know what God's going to do with them. You never know. But this man, Ananias, was ready. John Piper once said, God is always doing about 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. I believe that. And I just think it's cool when we open our eyes and say, wow, God is using this place. God is using me. And how cool is that? So here's the man I want us to look at, and let's talk about him. And how can we be that kind of church? Because look, the need's here. It was here five years ago. It's still here. There are people still looking. Google searches. Let's talk about Google. This morning in the first service, we baptized a woman. I met her in the hallway, and I said, are you being baptized? She said, yes. I said, oh, I'm so proud of you. She said, now, are you Pastor Jeff Thompson? And I said, no. I wish I was, but I'm not. And you know what that told me? That told me she's never been here. You know how she found us? Google. Let me tell you, Googling God, we can get a lot done. I'm telling you, you can use all kinds. He can use anything. Here are the Google searches for one month, from April 21st to May 21st. You ready? These are Google searches in Central Florida. 2,900 searches for depression. Not how to get it, but how do you deal with it? 2,900 searches on the meaning of life. Another 2,900 God that's all around us. And we live in a community, and God has strategically placed us so we can be his answer to this community. Let's be an Ananias kind of church. And I want to show you how we do it. So if you got a Bible, if you got it open, or if you got your uh, iPad or whatever it is, you're streaming, you're able to get a copy of God's Word open electronically, however you got to do it. I want us to go first to Acts chapter 9. This is the story of the conversion of Saul as Luke tells it. And then Acts 22 is his conversion as he tells it. And you can tell the one difference. Paul talks more about his baptism. And so I want you to read with me, first of all, follow along, Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to read the whole story. I, I'll tell you, you, know, you remember the story. Paul was a persecutor. Now, I'm going to say Paul, Saul. You know who I'm talking about, okay? It, it, it's, 
his name changed. And sometimes I call him Paul, sometimes I call him Saul. But let's just agree, he is whichever and whatever you choose to call him. So he was a persecutor of the church. He hated Christianity. And so he is out there persecuting and delivering into prison and literally a part of the persecution of the church. He even held, listen to this, he held the cloaks. That's the outerwear, the jackets of those who stoned Stephen to death. So this guy's bad news. And he's on the road to Damascus to get him some more Christians. And all of a sudden a bright light appeared and knocked him to his face. And he didn't know what was going on. He was blind. He was hungry, thirsty, and for three days he didn't eat. The Lord told him to go to a city, Damascus, and go to a certain house. And that's where we pick up the story because God had somebody waiting on him. He had a person like I hope you will be and I will be. He had a church, perhaps like I pray we will be. Let's read Acts 9. Verse 10, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a, in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here am I, Lord. And the Lord said, rise, go to the street called Straight. Y'all want to know why it was called Straight? Now, a true story. <laughs> it's not complicated. It was Straight. Unlike any street in Orange County, it didn't run into a lake. It was Straight, Okay. Here's a street three miles long, just a straight street. People ask that all the time. Was it called straight because of Christianity? Nope. It's called straight because it ran east and west. (laughs) He said, go to this street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. Now, this is Jesus talking. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. (laughs) Yeah. But Ananias answered. Don't you love it whenever your response to God is, but, but. And what did Ananias say? Lord, uh, I've heard from many about this man. How much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And, and in fact, he has authority from the chief priest to, to bind all who call on your name. And only one thing better than when we say, but Lord, is when the Lord says, but here's my plan. The Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. Good for you, Ananias. He entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother Saul, The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came and sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. He rose. He was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. Now that's Luke's account of it. Let's go to chapter 22. This is Paul giving his testimony before the officials. I'm reading in verse 12. One Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me. Now remember, it's Paul talking. Came to me, and standing by me, he said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. 
And at that very hour, I received my sight, and I saw him. And he said, the God of, your fa- of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness to him, for him to everyone of what you've seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Rise, be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on his name. May the Lord bless the story of Ananias. You see, guys, we never know who's going to walk in this building. I know what you see, but you don't see what God sees. And so as I thought about that, I remember the night I was standing in what we now call the Language Ministry Center, which isn't anything, it's just a building somewhere that way. And I was speaking, and some woman came in the side door, and I just caught her out of the corner of my eye, and I saw our ladies go over and begin to minister to her. Soon as the event, I'd finished speaking, these ladies came to me and said, you got to come meet her. I went over, I introduced myself to her. She's very nice, very sweet. She, she looked at me, and she said, thank you for what you've done tonight. I said, tell me a little bit of your story. She was a stripper down on OBT, down on the trail. She was headed to work, got lost. She thought she got lost. And she turned in our campus off John Young and saw a bunch of cars around that building and said, well, I'll just go in there. And she came in there, and our ladies ministered to her. Our ladies led her to faith in Christ. She left that business, and she was able to be a mom and a wife to her husband after that. So let me just ask you, how many many think she was really lost? No, she wasn't. God knew exactly where she was, and he brought her to us. And I'm so proud of a church that will receive people like Ananias did. So what do you have to do to be that type of person? Number one, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. We had one moment that night with that woman. She got lost one time. We weren't going to see her next time. But thank God we took that moment and made it count. They, this is so crazy. Whenever Ananias was told to go, he had to be told twice. And when he got to Paul, what was Paul doing? Praying. The man hadn't eaten in three days. And he's praying, and guess what God had already told him? God had already told him, I'm going to send a man named Ananias. So guess what? Ananias, you better go. Can I tell you that on the other side of your obedience, God's already working? He's already doing something. I just think it's cool that Carrie would bring this group today because I got a feeling they're going to meet people this week that are going to say, you know, I've been praying for help. And they're going to realize they're God's answer to somebody in our city. I want us to be that answer. I want us. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Because when God speaks to you, you don't have long. You got to do it. Second thing, don't be afraid. Have you ever told Jesus about somebody that you forgot he already knew? Here we got a man going, uh, okay, Lord, you want me to go see Ananias? You, You know, that guy is really a bad guy. Don't you think Jesus was like, I made him. I know exactly who this man is. Why are we afraid? Why is it when somebody walks in, they may look a little different than us. 
And we're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Why? You know what you were before Jesus found you? A sinner. Worse than them. And we forget that. You know what? Sometimes I feel like we're trying to protect God from sinners. Oh, no, no, we can't welcome them. Oh, no, no, we can't have them. No, they can't look like that here. They can't speak like that. They can't dress like that. Are we trying to protect the God who gave his only son for every sinner in this city? He needs no protection. All he needs is somebody to represent him and to love the city the way he loves, right? Let's be that church. Let's be those people. Don't be afraid. Now, I know you can fear for your life. I'm, you're right. But who's with you? Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You're going to be okay. And then the last thing, don't miss what God's doing. Don't miss what God's doing. Wake up every day going, God, I don't want to miss something you do today. That's my, I, I pray it a lot. God, I don't want to miss something you do. If I see somebody I've never seen, maybe, maybe that's something God's doing in my life. I need to talk to them. Just say, I don't want to miss what God is doing. That's what Ananias did. And you know how he didn't miss it? Number one, he blessed this man, Paul. Laid hands on him. Laid hands on him. Now, you got to remember something. I know you're thinking, yeah, but he didn't even know him. He laid hands on him. Well, let me remind you. Paul was blind. How else is he going to see him? But he could feel him. And when he laid hands on him, it said, Ananias, I'm here for you. Oh, I'm so glad we don't wear, have to wear a mask in this room anymore. I'm so glad that some of the restraints have been lifted, some of the restrictions, and, and there's nothing wrong with being very aware, being very careful and cautious. But there are ways to demonstrate you care and to bless somebody without hugging, touching, and all that. No, that's what I want to do. But you can do things that mean I bless you. I had my grandkids. Rachel and I kept our grandkids for a couple of nights this past week, and um, and we came up here to the playground on Friday, and they love the playground. And we came up on this stage, and my grandson got up here and preached for a little while. I mean, it's so fun. <laughs> I said, Rachel, you realize I go up to that place every day of the week. <laughs> she said, I know, but we're not playing. The day we're playing, we're just going to go have a good time. On the way home, we stopped at Chick-fil-A. So I got a four-year-old in the back and an almost two-year-old with me. Rachel and I pulled in, and there was a guy on a bicycle. Nice-looking bicycle, and I said, um, I wonder if he needs, he didn't have a sign. I said, I wonder if he, he, he needs something. So I started to say, hey, man, bless you. What good is that going to do if he's hungry? So I rolled the window down and said, hey, man, can, is something you need? He said, yeah, I'm really hungry. I said, man, I'll get you something to eat. What do you want? And he knew exactly what it was. I want that chicken sandwich that Chick-fil-A has. And I said, what do you want to drink with it? He said, I want a Dr. Pepper. I said, we got it. I said, just wait for me here, and it's going to take a little while to get around. And it did. We got around. We couldn't find him. I'm like, man, where did he go? And I realized he was a lot smarter than I thought he was. He found a shade tree. <laughs> and he was waiting under that shade tree. And I pulled up, and I noticed in the rearview mirror, watching the grandkids, their eyes, they're watching this. And I handed that bag to him and said, man, I want you to know something. This is from Jesus. I just want you to give thanks to Jesus. Because he loves you. 
and he is with you. And the man looked at us and said, sir, bless you, bless your family, bless your business, your work. And he said, thank you. You don't know how much this means to me. Now, the reason I tell you that story is sometimes you can't lay hands on somebody, but you can still bless them. You can still be a blessing in their life. What if, what if you see somebody you don't know and you say, hey, can I sit by you? Or you sit by me? That's probably the better way to say that. Would you like to sit with us? I've met people in this room who were sitting next to somebody. They never knew them until they got here. And a family just said, hey, sit with us. That's a blessing. Or maybe even if you walk out and you see somebody, you just say, hey, did you enjoy today? Is there something I can help you with? There's so many ways. Bless them. And you won't miss what God's doing in them. Second thing, welcome them as family. You know what the worst, first thing, excuse me, not the worst, the first thing that Ananias said to Saul? What was the first thing? What did he call him? Persecutor? No. Hey, murderer, I've been looking for you. Nope. What did he call him? Say it. Brother. That confirms Paul was a Baptist. I know he was a Baptist. He <laughs> called him brother. Everywhere you go in Baptist church, hey, brother, how you doing? Well, you know why he called him a brother? Because he was a brother. The word brother is used 276 times in the New Testament. Did you know 75% of those times it's referring not to blood kin, but spiritual family. And the first thing he told him was, brother. That had to mean so much to Saul. My goodness, he didn't know if he would be accepted by the, the Christians. He's been out killing Christians. The word Christian doesn't even appear until chapter 11 of Acts. He calls him brother. He welcomed him as family. Man, how awesome would it be if we could just look at our city and we could say, we want to see you as our family. We want to welcome you. And Ananias didn't see him as a murderer. He saw him as a child of God. Quit looking at people the way they used to be, and let's dream of what God wants them to be and welcome them that way. That's how we have to see people as God sees them. And then he celebrated with him. How do you celebrate a family member? How do you celebrate somebody that's a, a brother? And by the way, he had not been baptized when he called him brother. Just a thought. Called him brother before he knew much about him, other than what he'd been warned about. So he celebrated with him through what? Through baptism. In fact, Ananias is the one that looked at him and said, really the, the tense and the, the grammar of the Greek is, Saul, get yourself baptized. That's basically what he told him. And Ananias did it. And there's a beautiful moment it, it, in the text. It just really says that, hey, baptize, wash away your sins, calling on his name. Now, let me just tell you, English, the English doesn't do us um, justice here because he didn't say that baptism washes away your sin. He says, baptize, wash away your sins, having already called on the name of the Lord. There is one thing that changes your life and saves you. It is when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus. It's not baptizing. If that's the case, if baptizing saves you, then we got water troughs. You can't leave the property until you go through them. I mean, think about it. It, it doesn't make sense. But what baptism does is lets the world know 
My sins have been forgiven. I have called on the name of the Lord, and I am not ashamed. And so Paul was baptized by Ananias. Do you think that meant anything to him? That is to Paul? That Ananias was standing there baptizing? Listen, that means I believe in you, Paul. I believe God is working in your life, and I want to be a part of it, and I'm going to be the one to baptize you. You know why we want to see people in the water with you when you're baptized? Because that's how God works. God has people in your life that have influenced you, that has helped you. You've seen people baptized. And if you are not from here, you might not know this. You'll see people baptizing people here that are not pastors. But they have the blessing and they have the cheering of our pastors. Because we believe that's how you welcome people, treat them as family, and celebrate them. is to encourage them to take that step. And man, I love what God has done here in our baptisms. And every time we talk about missions and going and serving, we talk about how that is a witness for others. And we've sent to Madagascar. Listen, we've sent to Madagascar missionaries, and they've been telling us about baptisms. Our kids, our children, they see baptism so much here, whether in here or out there or over there. And I'll explain that in a minute. They know we value, we celebrate baptism. Let me show you how much they know that. My four-year-old grandson, Sawyer, he has baptized his dad, and he has baptized his uncle. And we have a little video of when he baptized his dad. Now, you, you, you watch this and tell me if Sawyer hadn't been watching our baptism. Watch this. Even children get it. We want to be a part. We want you to be a part. And so when you if you've got a friend that needs to be baptized, maybe you can say to them, hey, I'll help you. I'll, I'll baptize you. Let's go talk to the pastors and let's visit with somebody. All we do that for is just to make sure you understand what it means so it's meaningful to you. In Madagascar, we adopted a people group known as the Antamora people. They, as far as we knew, they'd never had a gospel witness. And we began sending some of our people. We have two there that are full-time serving them. Can I tell you, last week, Tiffany baptized 27 of them. 27 of them. Look at this picture. It's amazing to me. There she is. There they are. These are people that maybe never heard the name. And by the way, since we've sent missionaries 2012, are you ready for this number? 1,020 people have been baptized in that people group. 1,020. You say, why is that a big deal? Because that's how you welcome family. That's how you celebrate what God is doing. When I got here 15, 16 years ago, thought, how cool would it be to baptize at SeaWorld or somewhere like that? Because I just like it out where people can see and they get a witness of what's going on. Baptism is a beautiful picture of Jesus, buried, raised from the dead. I thought, hey, you think we can baptize at Disney? Which quickly the answer was, mm-mm. No, they're not going to let you baptize at Disney. I said, well, might as well try. We baptized at Disney. We baptized 71 people at Disney behind the Contemporary Hotel. 
with the monorail running by and people looking like, who is that? And guess what we did? There's a family in this church that knew my heart to baptize in places other than necessarily here. And she owns a hotel in Cocoa Beach. And they've had it for a while. And she came to me and she said, hey, uh, my family and I talked. Could you use our hotel for baptisms? I said, where is it? I'm like, well, if it's in Lakeland, probably not. But if it's on the beach, oh, we're right on the beach, Cocoa Beach. I said, really? She said, I have access straight out the door to the beach. I said, yes. Would you do that? She said, we'd love to do that. In 2006, on October the 6th, we went to Cocoa Beach for the first time. And you know who the first person baptized was? It was this woman's granddaughter. And all of her grandchildren have been baptized there. Along with, are you ready for this number? 1,816 people have been baptized at Cocoa Beach. And by the way, that woman with her family is here this morning. Nita, stand up. Come on, stand up and let us give thanks for what you did. It's amazing. Thank you for believing in that. Thank you for celebrating. She had this vision that we could celebrate like that at the beach, and we have. So let me ask you. Are you hesitating right now? Is there somebody God wants you to be ananized in their life? Are you afraid? Don't miss what God's doing. And I just want you to say this morning, I'll do whatever. God, I hear you. I know you want to use me. And hey, pray for your church that will be that Ananias kind of church. Because you know what happens? Here's what I believe. If Ananias had said no, if he had said, no, I don't know about that guy. I'm not sure about him. Would God have found another person to welcome Paul into the family? Yeah, sure would have. But Ananias would have spent the rest of his life wondering about what he missed. Well, he didn't miss it. And that's why we're talking about him today in Summer of Impact. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to be a part of what God wants to do. Because, by the way, the man he baptized wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Two-thirds of the New Testament traveled 13,000 miles for the gospel. All because maybe Ananias said, yes, God, use me. I want you to say the same. Can we bow just for a moment? Will you just, in your own words, say, God, I want you to use me that way? I don't want to miss what you're doing. So, God, today, somebody you bring across my path, I don't want to miss that you may want me to be a blessing to them. As you're telling him that, you just got to ask yourself the question, am I willing to be God's answer to somebody? Say yes. I promise you won't ever forget it.
and you'll never regret it. Now look this way just a moment. For those of you streaming, I, I want you to do something for us. Would you put the name of the person who was with you when you were baptized, if you can remember that name? And if you can't remember that, can you remember the date you were baptized? I'd just like to celebrate your baptism. And if you don't have a date and you don't have a person, let me ask you this. Do you need to be baptized? Have you called on the name of the Lord? In this room, have you called on the name of the Lord? The scripture is really, really clear. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I don't know how you walked in this morning. You might have walked in like Saul. But you can walk out of here like Paul. Meaning, God has his hand on you. God's got a plan for your life. And I want to invite you to find that. Find that. Just simply say, Jesus, I, I, I'm not sure. And, and the Bible says you call on him. So whatever that looks like, if that's a prayer, if that's you just saying, Jesus, I need you. He will hear. And he'll answer. And by the way, if you've got a friend that maybe that's where they are, offer to be baptized. Offer to be there with them. You don't have to be baptized again with them. But hey, I'll, I'll baptize you. I'll be there. Even if you're streaming, man, we'll find a way for you to be baptized. We had a conversation this week. How could we encourage baptisms to happen all around the world where we stream and we see video of it? Could you do that? I mean, just get someone who can help you articulate that confession and be baptized and send us a video. We'll celebrate with you. We just believe God has placed us here to join him in one of the greatest works ever. And that is the redemption of sinners just like us. Aren't you glad God changed our life? God chose us, and now we get to be that blessing to the world around us. Hey, guys, have a wonderful Lord's Day. Thank you so much for being here. Go be an Ananias. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.